0: to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Twanya Hood-Hill about maintaining and sustaining a dynamic organizational culture that fosters inclusion and belonging. Kwanya Hood Hill, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations podcast.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have the chance to chat with you today. You have a really great background, a long storied career um, where you've accomplished so much. And today we're going to be talking about uh, creating and maintaining sustainable organizational cultures that drive engagement and innovation, and that foster a, a greater sense of inclusion and belonging in the workforce, Um, and of course, all of your background um, Mm -hmm. directly relates to all of that. So as we get started today, I want to share your bio with the listeners. Twanya Hood-Hill is Vice President of People and Culture at Techsoft 3D. She has enjoyed a 30-year career leading learning learning and organizational development functions across a variety of industries uh, at a variety of different uh, companies. Tuanya also has entrepreneurial experience as an external consultant, owning her own practice and being co-owner of a Minneapolis-based consultancy. Um, her love of learning has taken her to the classroom where she has served as an adjunct faculty member uh, at various universities. As a leader, Tuanya is an action-oriented executive who crafts learning and talent development strategies and solutions within global enterprises, having worked as both an internal and external consultant across multiple industries. She has deep expertise, understanding business needs and partnering with senior teams to achieve desired outcomes. Twanya is a passionate, authentic and collaborative leader. She holds a BS in chemical engineering and an MBA from the University of Chicago. And she has served on several nonprofit boards uh, and is very involved in her community. Uh, Twanya, what a pleasure. It is a great honor to have the chance to talk with you today. And uh, is there anything else you would like to add by way of background before we really dive on in today?
1: No, no, no. Again, I'm happy to, to be here and just chat with you, Jonathan. Thanks.
0: Excellent. And a and, uh, great background that overlaps uh, a lot with my passions and mm. some of my own experiences as well. Uh, so I think having a dynamic discussion uh, will be a lot of fun. I, I also you know, have, have done the internal and external um, consulting types of yeah. roles. I've also um, done a lot in the, the learning and organizational development functions. And, and as you may or may not know, I, I, I'm a full-time faculty member, uh, at the university just down the street from me, uh, and also do the consulting on the side. So I love the, the scholar yeah. orientation and trying a lot to bring, of
1: similarities. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Trying to bring, bring the, um, practical, uh, workplace experiences into the classroom and bringing mm-hmm. the research into the consulting so that's this the stuff that I love to do excellent well as we get going I thought maybe it would be great to start with just a general understanding of how you approach culture within mm-hmm. uh, your current organization your vice president of people and culture in a tech company um, and a lot of times tech companies get held up as kind of the example for engaging cultures. Uh, I'm curious to learn a little bit more about your organization, some of the things you do to, to try to drive that culture.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting, Techsoft 3D is, is a small company, uh, small tech company here in Silicon Valley, but not... Um, a new company. We're not at all a startup. We've been around for 23, almost 24 years. And um, and so there has, there is a culture that has been built over time, I would say very organically. And uh, it happens to work really well for the employees that are here. Um, you will see coming in, you will hear and see our culture in ways that are very authentic, right? So it's not so much that you'll see signs on the walls, you'll see how people interact, you'll hear how they talk with each other and talk about their products, um, the passion that is there, the commitment, the drive, all of that is what creates the culture. And so what I recognized coming into the organization is that the culture is alive and well. Um, And really, I would even call it a strategic advantage. For this small tech company, um, particularly living in the midst of Silicon Valley and a lot of tech giants. Um, What's important and what I see as my role is to um, protect this really rich um, culture. And as we grow, and we are looking to grow um, uh, in the future, as we grow. What we don't want to do is to leave it to chance that we will maintain our culture. And so a lot of what I am putting in place are um, more specific actions that we can take to maintain the culture that we have and that happened to grow organically over many years. And you know specifically, I can talk about you know some of the things that we're doing. One of the things I noticed when I was um, even interviewing, I asked our CEO. Uh, you know, we were having a great conversation about culture, and again, culture is so prominent in this company. Um, and what I said is, well, we don't have a way to talk about it though. We don't have we don't have our culture written down. We don't have. A way to define our culture. We talk about the culture, and we all know what that means when you get here. But what about those that aren't here? How do they connect? You know, how do they get it? How do they see the magic? You know, what's the secret sauce? Um, what about folks who um, have been in other companies and maybe looking for change? How do we show them how unique and special our culture is? And so we're doing some things like creating a a uh, culture handbook, which is going to be our first attempt to put up our culture in, in written form, um, and it'll be written in video and photographs, but it will be a way to kind of um, showcase our culture and also help others understand it before they're part of it. You know, I think that people shouldn't have to necessarily be part of the culture to understand how, um, how really engaging it is. So things like that are in play now um, to make sure that we do have what we need to first define and then protect and maintain the culture. And again, that doesn't happen organically. Getting here happened organically, but going forward, it won't happen organically. We have to hold on to it.
0: Absolutely. And that's, that's fantastic that such a positive culture did emerge organically. That's not always the case. No. I mean, right. cult- culture always does emerge. Um, so it's an interesting thing, you know, if if you don't do anything, something will emerge and you just hope that it's something that's positive. That's right. Um, and so, you know, hopefully we can be proactive in, in, in developing the cultures that we want to see that will support our vision and the mission of the organization and our you know our strategy to, to drive a competitive advantage. Um, you're fortunate to walk into an organization that had that emerge organically, but like you just mentioned, it won't sustain itself. No. Organically, like it, it it need there have to be mechanisms in place to help uh, maintain and sustain the type of culture you want. Otherwise, just like it grew organically, it could shift organically into something that's not as healthy, not as productive, um, not as engaging, not as innovative, or as inclusive. Mm -hmm. And so,
1: yeah, there's actually countless, you know, as you're talking about that, there's countless case studies about organizations who've lost their culture as they grew. And, um, and a lot of times it's that you're going and you're growing, you're growing aggressively. And so as you're growing aggressively, you are recruiting people from all types of organizations, from all types of different cultures, and then you expect them to kind of get it when they get to your organization. Well, what happens is if you're doing such aggressive, you've got such aggressive growth happening, you actually have to help people understand what that culture is here, how we might be different than what they've experienced in the past and what behaviors actually work here and what behaviors don't work here. One of the other things that we have uh, really, really put in place that I'm pretty excited about is we now have behavioral competencies that we have defined, before we didn't have those. We had very clear values, but not behavioral competencies. Well, part of helping people understand the culture is understanding the specific behaviors that serve that culture, and then holding them accountable for those. So we now have those in place. So hopefully, again, we'll be able to shape um, what the expectations are in our organization, what's, what's okay and what's not okay.
0: Yeah, and you, and you build that into, like you said, the. Performance management um, mm-hmm. types of approaches, but you can build it in all the way from the recruiting, the way recruiting is done, exactly. the, way, the way the hiring process is accomplished, um, the way the interviews are run, the way the onboarding happens, and the orientations, and then the performance management, and just it, it, it should start to feed into everything. That's right. Um, and that's that's how you will maintain. And to your point earlier, you know having. Having nice words on the wall, you know, you, you you can have a nice vision statement, you can say this is our culture, this is this is what we espouse to, that's that's great. And I, I do believe in the power of imagery and the power of words. But if it's not consistent with the actual behaviors and actions of the organization and how things are manifest in terms of the mechanisms of the organization, the policies, practices, and procedures, if that's not consistent, then people are gonna defer to what they see their leader do they're going to defer to what you know what the normal practices within the organization um because you know most people aren't going to be super excited about trying to put themselves out there on a limb um you know where they could put their job in danger so so we need to think thoughtfully about how to build all those mechanisms in without making it so stale you know that that we can't allow for continued um, entrepreneurial spirit, you know, as as the organization matures and starts to solidify some of these cultural
1: elements it's like creating the infrastructure. So, you know, again, with these behaviors, even our cultural handbook, some of the things that we're putting in place right now is creating the infrastructure, right? And so it's almost like a building. Once you sort of create the foundation and you've got a really solid foundation, then it can build and grow as fast and as organically as you want it to. Um, But if you don't have a solid defined foundation, that's where you don't have a base to stand on. And so it's exactly the same with organizations, right? You and I have probably both been in organizations where I've walked in and it's exactly what you said. There is actually a dissonance between what is on the wall, what we say our values are, and then how people interact, you know, how leaders lead, you know, and, um, and how peers, you know, handle conflict. And if that's not consistent with the values that we espouse to, then what, what takes over is what people are experiencing every day. And that's what takes precedent. And that's how people start to define their place in the organization. It's not necessarily the values that are on the wall if those values aren't lived every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and,
0: and so we talk a lot in our work you know, about employee engagement. We talk a lot about um, a knowledge sharing culture, an innovative culture, um, these types of issues. Um, but we also talk a lot... And, and And I do, I hope people don't tune out when I say these words, but because they're kind of buzzwords, but we talk a lot about diversity, inclusion, and belonging, um, and having a culture, a, a genuine authentic culture around inclusion and belonging. Um, I'm curious what your experience is like and has been like in the workplace as you tried to foster that kind of a, a culture, um, particularly in this moment where we're dealing with you know, social and political kind of angst and unrest, and um, and the George Floyd moment, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, and you know all of this that just adds to the intensity of of the current context, <laughs> um, right. coupled coupled with COVID. You know, like we, we it's it's a really interesting context right now. What have you done to try to to develop and maintain uh, a genuine culture of Inclusion and belonging. Again, not a name only, because I think right. everyone, everyone's trying to say all the right words, but like in action.
1: Yeah, you know, I um, I have had a long history of leading. Diversity and inclusion functions, either the full function or the learning aspect, the training aspect of that function, and so I've been very close to diversity and inclusion throughout my career. This moment in time, though, in 2020, um, is the most volatile, and also I think the most um, impactful that I've lived through in my imp- in in my professional life, and so um, so I'm frankly extremely excited about where we are. And you talked about um, the Black Lives Matter movement um, that of course has been around um, since we started um, really highlighting some of the murders of African-American men in particular, starting out African-American men um, with Trayvon Martin and then you know, countless others. Um, this really felt to me, like uh, the culminating event that we it was our job i felt responsibility to to really do something with we needed to capitalize on this moment um as a country and as a people and as i think as a world and globally this um this reverberated (laughs) um you know i i saw (coughs) excuse me protests um you know um George Floyd signs and Black Lives Matter signs in Iran and uh, all kind, you know, all over Africa and all over Europe. And I mean, so we can go on and on about, about the impact. But what, what this means to me then is I take my responsibility extremely seriously. And For where I am right now at Techsoft 3D, I'm really proud that we are, I would say, (laughs) we are an inclusive organization before we are diverse. And I actually think that's the right order. I think that um, take inclusion seriously and make sure that everyone in your organization can bring their full self to work every day all of who they are all of their life experiences all of their day-to-day challenges struggles joys that they bring all of that to work every day and that is actually alive and i think it is a true statement at techsoft 3d what is also true is that we are not a diverse organization so we do not have diversity. And I think about diversity and inclusion separately, right? So inclusion is about belonging, as you mentioned. It's about being a part of, it's about feeling you know, almost at home, right? Feeling like you are part of the fabric in the organization. And, um, and that is more of an emotional attachment. That's when inclusion really matters is when people can feel it. Diversity is about numbers diversity you can actually see diversity on a brochure you can see the number of people that you have you can see the demographics you can see the number of women you can see the number of people of color you can see that right that's diversity and traditionally organizations have um, really sought after diversity first and they've prioritized diversity first and then expected inclusion to happen and you know it's sort of what we were talking about with culture Inclusion doesn't happen organically either. If you bring in lots of people from lots of different backgrounds and lots of different ways of of thinking and you bring them all in to an environment and expect that there's going to be chemistry immediately without actually making progress and making change, putting things in place to support that, you actually will not get an inclusive organization. You'll have a diverse organization for as long as those people choose to stay but you won't have an inclusive organization. And so when you have that, you see the revolving door. You see lots of people leaving, um, diverse candidates, diverse employees are not happy, right? Because they've come in thinking that it would be this great organization that's inclusive. And unfortunately it's not. So what we have at TechSop is the opposite. We actually have a more inclusive organization than we have a diverse organization. Our job right now and our priority is to become more diverse. And that is, again, I, I take that responsibility very seriously, I take it to heart, and so does our leadership. And so I can now go out and recruit um, people of all different backgrounds, all different demographics, and feel comfortable saying, you will be, you will feel included, you will, you will feel like you belong in this organization. And I can say that with 100% uh, assurance. Um, And that's what I'm happy about, is that we absolutely have our work cut out for us and we absolutely have work to do. We're gonna do it. And we're gonna do it in a way that brings people in to what I think is an inclusive place where they will be valued and they will feel um, welcome and they will feel like they belong and they can bring their whole selves to work. So that's our approach.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I love that, and and I know that you know in Silicon Valley and lots of tech companies, uh, the the whole inclusion and belonging mindset is is important. And I also know though that there's been a lot of struggles with the diversity piece. Right? Exactly. It's 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 not unique to your company.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm.
0: I think a lot of tech companies are dealing with the same thing. So it's it's good though to have to have the mindset, and hopefully that can feed into hiring practices um, and, you know, as people understand issues around implicit bias and, you know, understand how they approach, you know, the way they approach um, uh, search processes and hiring will make an impact on the ability to become more diverse. Uh, And so fostering that that uh, inclusion and belonging mindset, I think, is absolutely a good first step if you're sh- hoping to shift towards a more truly um, representative, diverse type of organization in terms of who's there, like who who right. whose butts are in the seats, doing the work, hopefully representative, you know, of not just racial, ethnic diversity, but uh, socioeconomic diversity, yeah, and exactly, diff- different ways of thinking, you know, different worldviews. Um, all of that matters, and all of that will lead to stronger outcomes for the organization.
1: You know, it's interesting as you're talking. What came to mind to me is that I think that, and I would say this is probably true in tech. I wouldn't say specific to tech, though. But I have seen tech this happen in in, in tech companies. Is um, there's an absolute um, need um, or desire to value? diversity and inclusion. And I think that's very sincere. But what happens is again, um, tech companies, the tech, some tech companies have done a good job of recruiting people of all kinds of diverse backgrounds um, into the organization. So while they bring in diversity, the problem is when people get there, they don't experience what was Touted right what was spoken about what what the signage that they saw they see signs that say black lives matter They see signs that say you belong. They see all these different signs around the organization That say that as an organization as a company we value you Yet what they experience is not consistent and so again It's the difference between what you experience on a day-to-day basis and what you see, you know and hear Um, and until those are consistent, until the experiences are exactly what um, we want them to be in all these organizations, you will always have um, that struggle. And I think that a lot of tech companies are struggling right now with how to truly get underneath um, the signage and the fun events and um, and the visuals and get below the surface, which is oftentimes very hard and painful, very difficult to do, but important. And if you can get below the surface and deal with people and meet them where they are, all people where they are, then you have a chance at truly becoming an inclusive organization where people feel included. Because until they feel included, the numbers won't matter to them. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is that is that is where I see a lot of organizations faltering right now. And um, and I think it's I think it's difficult work, but I think it's important work and work that can be done if they're really, truly willing to dig and to get there. Surface yeah. won't take you to won't take you that far. It won't take you as far as you want it to take you.
0: Yeah, I, well, I completely agree. Uh, this is deep work. It's not. Yeah, we we can't just use platitudes. Um, mm-hmm. sur- surface level approaches won't won't uh, address deep seated, you know, right. um, systemic issues and challenges. Right. Um, exactly. And so, so this is hard work, but it's worthy work. It's important and necessary and vital work. And uh, so I applaud you for the work that you're doing in your organization to make this happen. And I hope that the listeners, you know, everyone can take something away from this conversation, realizing that, you know, we can't change the world in a day. It's gonna take sustained effort over time. Um, I hope nobody feels so overwhelmed by all of this that they feel like there's, there's nothing I can do. No, we can make a difference and we can start to improve things. We can start today and we can start to put things in place to develop this this inclusive and mm-hmm. this culture of inclusion and belonging, and like you said, if we're not there yet with diversity, um, that's okay. Like we can that's start okay. with, mm-hmm. we can start with with developing a culture of inclusion and belonging um, that should then lead into um, more diverse hiring. So we have um, diversity in our workforce, and ultimately that can drive all sorts of really positive outcomes. So. I hope uh listeners will will consider that and, and many of the great insights that you shared. We're about out of time, but before we part ways today, I want to give you a chance to share with the listeners how they can get connected with you um, and find out more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. I'm Twanya Hoodhill on LinkedIn, and I'm pretty responsive on LinkedIn. I'm not as responsible on, on, on other social media. Um, feel free to reach out to me there and with other questions that you have, or if you want more specific examples of what we've done. Um, again, I think TechSoft 3D is a wonderful place and great culture. And I actually think that um, we've done some things pretty well, if I say so myself. So I uh, would love to chat more.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and the insights Thanks, that you Jonathan. shared. Thanks, John. It was a pleasure. And I, I, um, I hope listeners will, will reach out to Twanya, get connected, find ways to collaborate, work together, find out more about what she's doing. And I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, find meaning and yes. purpose, and work daily, and that everyone will have
1: a great week. Thank you. Thank you.